You're listening to Personal Rejection Letter, a podcast by writers with day jobs. Personal Rejection Letter, Happy Poetry Month. No. It is, is it? Poetry Month. April. Really? April is the cruelest poetry month. It is. And That's I think right. a poet is the one who said April is the cruelest month, and that shows you how dumb poets are, because March is much worse. And how about February? Worse than March. And January? Better than February. And December? Can't remember. December I is... like December. I'm not sure. I'm not a big holiday guy. Right. Don't really like Are you kidding? Wait, you? Not a holiday guy. How big a tree do you guys have in the Daniels' home? Uh, we had our first real tree last year. Really? And it was, you know, the medium size. I think it was like five foot, six foot. Artificial? No, real tree. That's you chop it down yourself? No. Lowe's. Decorated? Menards, not Lowe's. <laughs> and, and you know what? Menards is going to, they, they owe us something for that plug. And so does Lowe's, I think. Yeah. Both of them. Even though I didn't buy there. Click the banner, everybody. First of all, hi, listeners. It's been a while since we recorded one of these, and we're face-to-face again. Mm-hmm. So instead of hearing me going, in the background, you'll actually hear me talking over Kelly at some point. Say something. Hi. No, you know, I think that's a pretty good idea, but I got something else to say. <laughs> okay. So today, uh, we're going to actually, before we do the revisions, I just want to suggest the topic. Okay. Which is, it. Uh, have you ever submitted a story for publication to a journal? Not yet. I'm thinking about it. I've got some tips for you. Oh, that's nice. And I'm going to talk about some processes. But before we do that, it's time for our revision segment. What do you want to revise, Kelly? All right. It's an easy one for me and a quick one. Last time we recorded, it was the... I forget what episode it was. We were redoing one that we had lost. I think it was the travel or stay-at-home episode. Which we did twice. It was so good. Traveler, stay at home. Oh, regional versus... I gotcha. Um, yeah, I um, said something about my student who wrote about me, and it was just kind of disconcerting. That was at the end of the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. The and sexy I, fan fiction. And I mentioned... No. I mentioned that um, it was more. It was kind of a goodwill hunting thing, which actually makes no sense at all. And the fact that you just nodded along and went with it means that you probably don't listen to much I say, which I don't know. I, I understand. Um, <laughs> but it was a dead poet society, not goodwill hunting. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so I'm going to tell you something right now. I haven't seen either of those movies. No. So I had to take it on faith that uh, that you knew what you were talking about. They seem like the same movie, but they're completely different movies right. somehow. I don't know why. But Dead Poet Society is Robin Williams playing the oh, I know charismatic. What it is. Yeah, every professor has to live up to that now and right. uh, get his... Uh, rich, mm-hmm. um, you know, pri- private school sort of kids to um, get into poetry. And, so, uh, and I think that's the movie that also foisted Ethan Hawke on us as a literary presence, not just an actory presence, right? Because he was a, was, didn't he play like a sensitive soul? And because of that, he actually gets to publish books now? Probably. Um, you know who else published a novel interviewed by Terry Gross in Ineptly, I should say, um, is... Uh, David Duchovny. Oh. Because he played that 
novelist on Californication. And so he thought, well, this is easy. Right. And so he writes a book, and the whole point of the interview was to say that he went to Yale as an undergrad. Like, that was repeated probably seven or eight or nine times, and that was his... So the novel must be good, because he went to Yale, and he, he was so acting like what he thought a novelist should be like which was it was like a guy acting smart and it was just painful 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 like come on man i think sometimes the really good actors and i guess duchovny's a good actor i like x-files but uh you know they get confused with their roles so if they play an actor then you got to expect a book at some point is going to come out they probably spent some time hunched over a computer if they play an actor you said you meant if they play a writer yeah, and you just nodded along with shows that you... No, I listened, and I caught it, and I corrected you. Well, that's, what you did was you ruined my revision for next week. What is your... Yeah, <laughs> what is, well, you have to work a little harder. What I is have, your revision? I have... Um, I have did you screw up? I have... What did um, you fuck up big I, time? <laughs> what kind of failure did you uh, just enact? choose one of the many. Last. I have a copy editor, like a, po- like a podcast copy editor, because my wife, the writer Molly McNett, listens to us faithfully. And, Hi, Molly. And, uh, yeah, you should you should get on her good side, because then she'll give me a list of things that I need to revise. And here's oh. what she said. The one that just aired, um, oh, no, this was sometime back, when we talked about the, uh, the writer's colonies, or maybe, I don't know. Anyway, in the most recent one she heard, I said, Michael Chabon. Yeah. And she tells me that it's Shaven. It's Michael Shaven, and that yeah. and that Professor Shaven actually has uh, an issue with people mispronouncing his name, and that people in the know say Shaven. So she wanted to make it clear. So that he was never going to be a big fan of PRL, but now that you're no. correcting it, he may come back on board. I don't think he's ever received a personal rejection. I don't think he's ever gotten a rejection letter. I, I see him as having lived a charmed life, but what do I know? I'm just very, very jealous. He's one of the people I'm very jealous of. Yeah. And I also, before we get started to the meat of the program, I'd like to talk about our contest. Okay. What Give us it? a positive review. And I would like to announce that we have a winner of the Give Us a Positive Review contest. Is that what we're calling it? That seems desperate. <laughs> Give us a review contest. I don't, it doesn't have a name. It okay. Doesn't have to, not everything has to be official. This is just kind of a couple dudes hanging out. Yeah. Trying to give away a book. Damn. And I can say, as sitting, someone sitting across from me right now, he actually is hanging out, folks. Surprising. I did not aware that's how we broadcast. Um, the winner is, do you remember the name? Wilson87. AJ. AJ Wilson82. 82, 82 yeah, was AJ Wilson, the uh, handle. Congratulations to AJ Wilson82. Now, Kelly and I were not Max and Neve on Catfish, but we did go online and try to do a little research on you so we could send you the book, and we came up with nothing. We couldn't figure out who you are. So you're going to have to contact us to get your book. Yep. And uh, in case A.J. Wilson doesn't get around to it, there may be some other... We'll just have to go down the line to the next. And so mm-hmm. keep on submitting those... Uh, no, A.J.'s getting a book. I'm definitely going to send him or her a copy. But uh, you have to email us. Or they. Lipman, or, or they. Yeah, you never know. And, you know, God bless you either way. I have a they in every class that I teach now. I have had just one. Time. That whole sort thing is starting to become... Uh, Maybe we should say to our listeners what we're talking about. Because they might not hang out with as many young people as we do he she and they i think our our readers are pretty hip to the cultural sort of moment but they it's a fluid gender right association and so some people get to you know you get to choose what gender you are and 
They is one of them. Mm -hmm. It represents a, a wide range in the middle, I suppose. So, And I go along, I like to, and it, 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 the problem is that I have to pause before I call on them and uh, because I don't want to screw it up. So there's a lot of hesitating, but I do that anyway in my common speech. I, I have to say that too, and um, there was a speech by Trump when he was a um, candidate, and he actually said something nice to the... Oh, I remember L that. And he, he had to, he was talking, talking, then he looks down at this card, and it was so painful and difficult for him to read L G G T Q. Community, right. <laughs> yeah. I think that was his, his acceptance speech at the Republican Party, and it got applause, and then he actually went off book and said, uh, it's nice to hear Republicans applauding for that. <laughs> Maybe the only real moment of that election. Huh, whatever. Now I'm in a bad mood. Why'd you have to bring that up, man? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, my bad. Um, anyway, get a hold of us. My email address is heylibman at yahoo.com. Kelly, what's yours? Kel Daniels, K-E-L Daniels at gmail.com. I can't get a Gmail account. Why not? Nobody has invited me to. Can, do you still have to be invited to uh, get one of those, or can just anybody do it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure anybody can do it. Oh, but shit. Well, I should look into that. I was early, man. I, the person that invited me yeah. was... Um, it's going to be somebody we've heard of, right? No, can, no, can not somebody we've heard okay. of, but it was somebody who was early in Google that mm. retired at age 40 with millions and millions of dollars, no doubt. Really? Yeah. Why did they invite you? He... And um, you know, you're the one who's hung out because I was that. a friend. We were buddies in San Francisco in um, understood way back when. Yeah, okay. That's that's, uh, that's I don't know code, but hey, Kelly. Yes. Do you still submit stories, or do you just uh, do you just like telex everything to the Sun now, and they just print it up uh, first draft, or do you actually still disseminate stuff out to other magazines? Um, the. I do submit stuff. I submit stuff to the Sun when it's short pieces, and there's always other kinds of uh, submissions besides, you know, small, short pieces, right? There's right. like you have to submit, you have to write query letters to agents if you want to find a literary agent, mm -hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of kinds of submission. Well, and I'm... so I still do it, but. Um, it's not like when I first started and I was I would write one story and send it to 25 journals over the next two or three weeks. Right. Just like, and in those days, you had to print paper Correct. and sign a cover letter after writing it. And send a SAZE. S-A-Z-E. S-A-S-E. S-A-S-E. And self-addressed stamped envelope, which I don't know. I bet you the kids these days don't even know what that they is. They probably don't know what that is. And, Sad. And then wait, 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 wait for them to finally get back to you 10, 12, 14 months later. With that little slip of paper that they didn't sign, and they yeah. used your envelope to say no, and your stamp, your postage. But I used to always enjoy doing that, frankly. I would get a big stack of submissions, and I, you know, I felt like I was part of something much bigger, like on the really low rung of something, but going down to the post office with eight or nine submissions felt good. I like the that the word submission is the one they've chosen for it, because it's yeah. so suited to what it is, and the only one I can think of that might be better is like presenting, or something. <laughs> in, the, in, the, uh, yeah. in the ape sense, the yes. ape presents itself yes. to yeah. Yes, but up, Turns around, yeah. Uh, Here you case. go, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Well, um... 
many of my greatest memories are are going through those submission process. And I, I don't know, you're probably hit rate. Your hit rate was higher than mine, I bet. But uh, I used to keep a list of all the magazines. I would write down all their responses to me. Like for Prairie Schooner, it would just be, you know, no, 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 no. But then if I got like a... Uh, you said it, Prairie Schooner. Schooner. Yeah, thank you for pointing it out. Okay. <laughs> I wanted. To, I was hoping nobody had noticed. <laughs> no, obviously, it's, yeah. it's Prairie Schooner, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, and then if like some some journal accidentally made a mistake of to like write nice job but no thanks, I just would never let up. I was relentless about it until that agent or that editor retired. Yeah, I hear you, man. I said, I sorry, I got thrown off happened. there for a second. Um, so when you're writing a short story, like how do you nowadays? There's a uh, a, a site called Submittable, and you can actually submit to eight or nine different magazines at the same time. And I think it's expected that you're going to do that. Have you used huh. this? Um, no. Yeah, I mean, almost everything I submit is unsubmittable now. That's just how it is. But I don't do one at a... I don't do, like, eight at a, at the same time through no. submittable. It just seems like each one is its own thing, and... But whatever. If it's that's not the case, then... Um, well, I don't know. I think that some of the magazines have no multiple submissions policies. I doubt that. Some of them do. Yeah. You should look. That's pretty bold. Some of them have no reading periods. Some of them have, um... Uh, some of them, as we've talked about before in the show, accept uh, a reading fee or expect a reading fee. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things out there. So I guess what I'm asking you is, you've got a short story, you got 15 pages, you think it's pretty good. How do you? Decide, what's your next step? Um, mine is is send it to the sun. But if you're saying that one's next step, if one is not a writer that has, I, here here's the thing. We need to step back for a second. Who are we talking to in this episode? Because I, I would have to think a lot of our listeners are probably in higher rungs of the literary society than we are. And so if we're going to tell them how to submit, then yeah. they're, they're going to say, what the fuck? And um, so our, if we're mainly talking to, say, undergrads or early graduate students, and I would think they graduate students should know how to submit, you just need to get the, uh, you get to know the market. You know, figure out the stories that the magazines that you mm -hmm. like. And um, if you can actually write something that shows that you've read the magazine, that might help. But really, you know, you just put a bunch of stuff out there and hope for the best. Hope some of it sticks. I mean, that seems pretty bleak. I was hoping, I mean, I'm not, it's a good question. I'm not sure who we're talking to, but I was, I always thought that if somebody had a good tip, a good like cover letter trick, I would always love to hear it. I've said before in a previous episode that I used to lie and say that other writer, other contributors of the magazine had recommended I send letters. Some guy that I went to college with at um, MFA kind of stage of my life got caught stealing letterhead from the well-known literary journal oh. at the college, at the MFA program that he didn't work for, right. and presented himself as an editor and suggested that he would be interested in receiving work from the editor he contacted, you know, pay, you know, I'll right. publish you if you publish me. Huh. And um, I understand that is kind of rampant through the literary journal editor world, that there's a lot of publishing each other. Um, but he didn't even have that. And he got caught by the, because somebody contacted the literary journal and said, hey, your friend, your editor, blah, right. blah, blah. And that's not our editor. It's not on the masthead. So. Holy shit. That's. Did it get anything published that way? I mean, it's, you don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know what? Um, 
he seemed like he's got moderate success over the years. I see his name pop up every now and then, and, mm-hmm. and he's got that, you know, he's kind of probably where we are in terms, and I, I think he's just sort of a cheesy dude, and <laughs> that's just how it is. You There's know, something scrappy about it, though, a little yeah, bit. That's hard, I, a little bit I admire it. I think some people, people are just the way they are, and they have different ethical standards, and, um, you know, that's not the word. Being kind of... Uh, that way about literary publishing is not the worst thing anything anybody could do. Sure. You know, it's not really hurting anybody. It's just kind of a little bit scummy, you know. Yeah. But, but uh, whatever. Um, so yeah. Hey, here's something funny. I just thought of it. I recently got a text from somebody who bought my old house. That oh you, oh you got you received something in the mail. I think you're gonna the want one over there. Yes, pointing. He was, Dan was just pointing in a direction. Which is not actually the direction of the house. I think it kind of... It indicates that I knew you used to live around here. Yeah. Um, So it's like, oh, you got something. And and, uh, so my wife just drove by the house and picked it up. And uh, she wanted to make sure it wasn't love letters or something. She always, like, is watching out. That's a smart move. Yeah, she's she's on it. So uh, anyway, it was a book proposal that I had sent in 2011 <laughs> to a a yeah. small press in right. Minnesota called Blue Highway Press which is an awesome name of a press yeah. and they basically was announcing we're thanks for sending your your piece which that's my book i mean it was published like a couple of years after that right. <laughs> it took 2 years for it to get published and it took them 2011 this is 2017 so six years for them to send it back with a full-on typed thing about how they're closing their doors and they're not going to be publishing this and they wish me the best. And I really, I felt bad that you're closing your doors and you're using your time and resources to send these back that are seven or eight or nine years old. To reject books that have been published. Nobody's like it. Nobody expects it after three years, say, or two years. That's... And, uh... My question to you was, my next question was like, do you follow up on your proposals? And I guess the answer is no. No. At some point. I have tried it, but it doesn't seem to help. And you just get ignored more or you get a little note that said, oh, we'll get to it. I'm still thinking about it. It is. Yeah, it's useless. Um, I think that you just send it out there. And um, so, yeah. I have to say I do follow up. On occasion. If I've had any contact with the person or if I've had any encouragement and then they just kind of go, I guess they ghost, as the young people say nowadays, Uh then I kind of get irritated. I get angry. I feel like it's not um, professional and I'll kind of follow up with them a couple letters. And if I don't hear back, I drop it. I don't. uh, On Instagram, I I learned something about ghosting. Tell me. An Instagram meme. It it is if you're a dude, a heterosexual dude, I guess, Uh and you have sex with a woman. And she ghosts you. Uh-huh. It's because you have a small penis. What? That's what the meme said. Instagram. Huh. You learn things on Instagram. So that's what's going on. We are recording this on April 1st. Are you sure that uh, you're not pulling our listeners? No. This is actually true? It is true that it. What, there is a meme on Instagram that says that. <laughs> you learn all that sorts of stuff. true. I'm going to put this hashtag. Small penis. <laughs> Personal rejection. Episode... All right. Um, so you don't follow up. I do follow up. I have. I mean, if yeah, if I know somebody. And, you know, you get into all these different levels of um, 
of submission and different kinds of things you're submitting. And at, at a certain point, as you know, you right. get to the point where you're talking to people who you know personally, at least to some degree. If you hang in there long enough. Yeah. yeah. And then those people you do want to follow up with because, first off, it's just a professional relationship that you don't want it to just go away. Right. I guess, unless you do want it to go away. Ghost. If they have unless you want a you ghost. Just... Yes. Um yeah, so... Well, and I want to say something about hanging in there. I've got... Uh, the, my first story that was published in, like, a, the Paris Review, which for me was, like, the that was a turning point in my Never life. heard of it. Paris well, Review? Is it in... It's in Paris, right? It's kind of like... It's kind of like the sun, but it's over in New York City instead of on the <laughs> West Coast. Um, I, I sent out seven copies of this story. They, I sent it out to them first. I sent out I sent out six other copies at the same time. I heard back from all six of the other people, did not hear back from the Paris Review. Sent it out again... 11 more times. I heard back from most of those when I got my letter from the If I heard group. back, you meant no. No. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely no. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, and, and no encouragement. Nothing. Right. From anybody. And then, but that's when I heard back from the Paris Review that they were going to take it and then they published it and then it got it, you know, I don't want to keep blowing my horn here, but it got a push card prize. I mean, it really changed my yeah. life in terms of getting other writers to be able to buy me drinks and bars. Really had a big, profound effect on me that way. You know what I think it did? Yeah. It gave you a false sense that that's where your career was going. Right, it made and me think very I was very early. Yeah. And then it just from there on there's Yeah. I think actually Garrison Keeler <laughs> made some joke I heard on his show once like the, the worst thing you could do for a writer is to give them a little bit of encouragement early on because you're basically fucking up their lives for the rest of. <laughs> and that is basically what happened except I wasn't so young anymore. I was already 30 years old. That's young. Past marrying age. That's young. If I were nah. It's too early for marriage nowadays. It's a different world. From the pioneer days. It really is. You know, um, with the phones, you can meet so many people of whatever gender you're looking for, if it is even a gender you're looking for. A friend of mine recently told me a story that she had uh, turned down an acceptance. Are we talking about a person or a story? A story. Okay. She sent a essay to a literary journal, and somebody in her department said, oh, that's not going to get you tenure. That's not a good good enough journal. And it's actually a pretty good journal. Yeah. I'm not going to, I don't want to get too specific. And so she kind of like in despair pulled it mm. and lost. And the journal editor was furious and right. sent her a really nasty email and like burned that bridge forever. And she still hasn't been able to publish that piece. Right. Like, I mean, it was a good journal. It was a good publication just listening to somebody you know, who probably didn't even know the market that well. And might be jealous, know? too. I think it was just an old-timer, yeah. you know? Somebody who's pushing 70s, 70 who has a view of what is a hip journal and what isn't, you know? I'm just totally guessing, by the way. I had a, I had a kind of a good... Uh, well, this is totally a different story, but uh, I, I had a story that was accepted by a pretty good magazine. It was an essay about Elian Gonzalez, because I had been to Cuba at the same time that Elian Gonzalez was here. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it got accepted. They paid for it, and uh, uh, they hadn't sent the check yet. But they had—I had already gotten the proofs, and uh, then they—they shit-canned it at the last minute because they said it wasn't PC. Ah. And there's nobody more PC than they me. said that. Yeah, because they didn't. I forget why. I made a joke about it. I made a joke about him being—I can't remember what it was anymore. But it, but anyway, they shit-canned the story not because it said anything bad, but because it didn't like go overboard and say any wonderful things about. Uh, I think I made a joke about him, about the dolphins. Anyway, they paid me more money for the kill fee than, uh, than they were going to pay originally. So I, I actually ended up making more money for it. And uh, then I thought, and then I'll resell it. And What uh, was the journal? I can't remember. 
Come on. And, uh, Come and then on. I thought, I, it was the same one that that woman, uh, New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Hashtag that, New Yorker. Punchline is I could never sell it again, but I still made more money on it than I have on most of my writing. Good for you. That's yeah. a happy story in a way. Hey, Kelly. Yo. What are you working on? What are you writing? What are you teaching? Well, I actually wrote down what I wanted to say this time because I, I tend to freeze at that moment. It but, looks like um, books. Was that for the um, That's episode? for the next episode. Okay. Hang next on. week. Okay. Just, I want him to be ready. Okay. Um, okay. A, kind of a sad story that reading oh, shit. right now has just been letting me down lately. Hmm. And maybe it's a good thing in a way in that... You know, for all the bazillion books that are published every year, I mm -hmm. do believe it's a bazillion nowadays, if you count self-published, you'd think that I could find a book that I like, that I, I want, that so. I like to read, and all the books that have been published over the years that I haven't read yet. Many I haven't read every book that's mm -hmm. ever been published, believe it or not. Really? And I can't find a damn book that I think is, that's really moving me and that's really getting to me, and huh. um, the latest one was really a disappointment. I read it all. It was called good on paper and it was i i kind of plugged it earlier yeah. like oh i kind of like it it's and it does have a clever plot kind of device i suppose this uh, mystery of uh, this translator oh right yeah you talked about it is, gets a message from a famous poet yeah. in italy wants wants her to trans it makes no sense that he would contact her and so she, she's like getting the translation papers that he's sending tell a story within a story and it's kind of cool but the characters are flat, yeah. and it just seemed really forced. Like, the conflicts seemed forced. Like, they were cardboard cutouts or maybe action figures and Barbie dolls kind of set up on a table that, and somebody kind of talking. For, it just seemed fake and You, you were concerned that it was overly PC, like they had checked off a lot of uh, and ethnicity. I and I thought all the, yeah, that's right. And I think all the characters ultimately ended up being flat. And um, by the end, it just went on a full-on... It just went full new age, like yeah. just this big, long paragraph, like two page paragraph about how the main characters has wings and the wings are developing or, you know what I mean? And she's <laughs> flying through the astrosphere or whatever in this new age. And you can kind of see the colors like, um, yeah. you know, the aura colors kind of coming off of her in waves or something. Right. I, it just really was a bad experience because I sat there just. Hating it and being angry at the end, like, why can't they find a better book than this to publish? And, and the answer is that some people love that book. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And You did finish it. I did, yeah. I was, the plot was good. I mean, I do think, and, it, and when it came together, the mystery was solved. It was very satisfying. There okay. was something good about it. All right. But all the stuff that I'm most interested in was not good at all. Right. And, um, but here's the, the silver lining. Um... If, uh, try to avoid cliches, silver lining, it's got to be a better way to put that. I've never heard it before. Good. It's like a silver lining in a cloud. Like in a coat? I don't get it. Why oh. would a cloud have a silver lining? It's insane. Why would a cloud have a lining? No. Clouds don't have linings. Yeah. Why would, why would you need a silver lining in a cloud? Clouds and, are wonderful. And why would it make you happy? They give you shade. Have a silver lining. Yeah. Anyway. Whoa. I don't wish we were high. I bet you if we Googled it or something, we'd probably find the etymology and it means nothing. I don't want to know. I recently learned that the, the um, pot calling the kettle black, we everybody gets that completely wrong with the original intent. Oh, right? yeah, sure. Do you know about that? I don't know, but I'm not, I, I know about getting things wrong. Well, the pot calling the kettle black um, 
the pot is actually silver, mm-hmm. and no, the kettle is silver and reflecting the black of the pot. Okay. Do you get it? The so pot, he's looking at himself. Yeah, the pot. Or herself. It, the pot is seeing its their right. Um, so it's not two things that are the same thing. It's one yeah. person criticizing somebody else for what they actually are. Correct. Whoa. That's better. That's a totally better yeah. kind of situation. More right. interesting. Yeah. So what was I talking about? Um, oh, this, books you were reading. the silver lining. Oh, that's a cliche. <laughs> it really is. I mean, maybe it means that lightning will strike mm-hmm. twice. Oh yeah. And at the same place That's twice. That's a good cliche as well. Yeah. And maybe there'll be a pot at the end of the rainbow. Filled with pot. something dark. <laughs> pot. <laughs> oh. You know what? What was good about it? If there's no good books that you want to read, you got to write the book that you want to read. Oh. So. There's, you know what? There isn't that much competition. A bazillion uh, books published a year. There yeah. isn't much competition because almost all of them are mediocre at best. Kind of trending to bad. It feels like there's a lot of competition, though, when you're submitting your book. Yep, it does. Yeah. But, well, that's because you're probably mediocre, too. Oh, and I'd by you, I mean mediocre. mediocre. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, that's the pot calling the kettle black, Kelly. <laughs> um, I would like to tell you what I'm reading. Uh, by the way, uh, that plot thing, Molly, my wife Molly McNett, who comes up on every episode, she should really co-host this with you. Sure. Um, she always says when she's reading a book, but she hates everything about it except the plot, she'll say, I like this, but for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, you know what it is. You're sort of saying the same thing. It's like dating somebody who's very good looking but stupid as a brick, and but you keep dating them for the wrong reason. I'll have to take your word for that one. For the maybe the right reason. I ghost them when I don't see exactly what I like in the yeah. quantity I like. They're gone. I'm reading um, Mitch Siskind's "Do Not Be a Gentleman When You Say Goodnight." Do you know this guy in this book? No. It's well, okay. Here's the thing. This is it, it, this guy has uh, he gets compared to Barthelme a lot. I've never heard of him either. Somebody gave yeah. me this book, and um, the writing spans about thirty years in here. And some of it I really, really like, and some of it I really, really don't. And what I noticed, and I thought this was an interesting thing about it, is that the stuff that I hate all it was published in the 1980s. It's all little short stories, all published in the 80s. And I was trying to think, was, was there... Was right, that's what you like or don't like. Dislike. Okay. And I just was wondering if... I mean, there was some good writing in the 80s. There was Carver and Bukowski and stuff like that. But there was a lot of shit being published in the 80s, if you think about that era. And um, maybe we shouldn't name... But, but you can think of the books. You could probably fill in the, the blank of 100 different books. Bright Lights, Big City. Yeah. Slaves of New York. That's what I was thinking. Right. Stuff like that. And there's a, there was a million different copycats that weren't even that good. Yeah. And um, I just wonder if there was something about that era that the writing sucked. That just maybe there was like a proliferation of these literary magazines that were all under the, uh, the, the, the spell of Gordon Wish or whatever. And they were cutting but not to any effect or something. You could tell when, you're, when I read these, when these stories which ones. I could tell in the third sentence if it was published in the 80s or if it's from one of the other ones. You could just tell. It's, there's, a, there's a rhythm to it. There's a, it's dull. It's flat. I think there's, I, I just had this thought that I don't know if I can articulate or that it's even a worth worthy thought, but it seems like 80s, Reagan, Reaganomics. It was also the time that the middle class was pretty much sold out that wasn't going to actually come into effect for a long time until now. Right. But it was a time of uh, unashamed greed. Like we get, and I, I wonder if the problem is that art is supposed to, um, I guess, uh, resist the dominant culture. And the art of the 80s was actually more celebrating it 
Even if they were pretending to kind of give some social commentary, I get the feeling that they sort of liked where they were, and and that's why the art falls flat. And also, you know, some of the music was was pretty neat, but also there was a certain kind of new wave where the boingy electronic drums and it it just kind of some of it was very bad, and the the fashions don't look good now in a way that oh no, they've aged terribly. Um, where some some of the older fashions like the '60s like just look so cool. Mod fashion is so awesome, and I can't imagine it not being awesome. Whereas '80s is just goofy. With, I mean, using tons and tons of hairspray to make your hair go up like that's just a bad. <laughs> it's like a chemical thing, you know. It just can't be good. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, I don't know if you saw La La Land, but they did a good job of spoofing the '80s in one little brief uh, segment. Uh, they had the guys were playing uh, Iran Flock of Seagulls, and yeah. I think that's oh, yeah, the yeah, emblematic yeah. song of the '80s. It's uh, it it's yeah. got that synth sound. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but no, kind of catchy. You can swing your hips to it. Interesting too about that movie. The guy, uh, the main character, ends up selling out by joining a very popular band that is kind of eighties ish a little. You know, well, it's just right, like yeah, smooth I don't know, jazz. Kind of, yeah, 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 with a kind of uh, that was big prog one. jazz kind of deal or yeah. something like that. But uh, yeah, but he makes money. He does, and I don't blame him. I think that won the Best Picture Award for the Oscars. I, I didn't see to the end of the Oscars. I don't think but so. They got an award, and I had to go to bed. I don't think so. I remember seeing them get it. I think a different one won Best Picture. What? I think so. Yeah. Okay. A smaller film. Um, no, I'm kidding. I know. I saw it. They, that was the one where they, they gave it to La La Land, but then they had to go back and retract it. And oh, is it that the one? one? Yeah, that was the... I was referencing it. I think okay. our listeners got it. Even that was funny. Old Man Kelly Davis no, didn't get it. I don't, I don't like awards. I don't like the Academy Awards. I don't like uh-huh. the National Book Award. I don't like any of it. I think it's all bullshit. <laughs> hey, the and, National Book Awards red carpet is awesome. I watch no. it just to see the fashions, just to no. see some cleavage on the writers. I, I said this last, last episode, so I shouldn't just keep going, but yeah. Anyway. Well, this was fun, Kelly. Yeah, it was pretty fun. No, I think like, it, it was, was awesome. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was, it was okay. It was, okay. Yeah. It was like not the worst... <laughs> I'm not going to ghost you from it, but spent, and yeah. I want to do another one in about 60 seconds. Uh, Let's do that. All right. Hey, everybody out there. God bless. Um, We may seem a little bit um, less enthusiastic talking, saying goodbye to each other, but I want you to know that I'm saying goodbye to you with my whole heart open. Aw. That was sweet. All right. See you guys. Bye. Special thanks to Augustana College and WOG Student Radio. Gabe Tucker is our audio engineer, and Sub-Atlantic provides the theme music. You can reach Dan and Kelly on Facebook. We always welcome comments, critiques, suggestions, and especially praise. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you like what you hear, do a podcast a solid and leave a review on iTunes. See you next time.